rolling. Okay. How are you doing today, Wendy? I'm good. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, you are the author of Killing Cup- Cupid. I and am. I see that you brought it with you. I did. <laughs> yes. My, this is my first book. That's your first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I seen that you had written a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, I have two that are out, but the second one, I'm actually, I redid the cover as well. Okay. And I'm also editing it one more time and then re-uploading it as like a second edition. Okay. And then I've got actually three books that I'm working on. So wow. one of them is the third in this series and then two other ones. So. Wow. I know. It's really fun. <laughs> um, so let's uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you from the Lansing area and do you do this full time? What do you do for work? You know, so I was born in Lansing, actually. Moved out okay. to California, grew up out wow. there. Came back for after graduation from high school, went okay. to Central, lived in Lansing. I was involved in politics for a while. Um, and How was that? Well, it was fun. It was good, you know, um, <laughs> up until 2016, and then I kind of ducked out. So Yeah, that was a good time to duck out. <laughs> it was a good time to duck out. So, um, and I've done a little bit of everything in my life. I have, I taught at Lansing Community College for 15 years. Wow. Um, what, what did you teach? Uh, public speaking and communication classes. Okay. So you're um, probably going to list, listen to this podcast and be like, this guy's an idiot. No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, and so I, um, and I ran a Red Cross chapter and so I've done oh, a variety wow. of things. And I worked for five years with the military, with families of soldiers who've died. Mm. Um, so, and basically, the theme kind of throughout my life was walking with people through hard times kind of like that was the thread um and then i helped people run campaigns i ran for office Um, what what did you run for state rep i lost my primary by 400 votes um i know and i was like up against the man like they spent double (laughs) and what we did and we had this grassroots scrappy campaign and it was really fun wow that is cool yeah so when did you run 2014 Okay. And then I ran a statewide presidential primary campaign in 2016, and our candidate did not win the primary. But, um, yeah, so. But I, like, I'm kind of over, like, I'm not over politics, but I am over politics (laughs) because it's so um, divisive. Like, everybody's so angry. It is. Yeah, it's very one-sided or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no no way to thread the the middle at all. You're either on a team or you're not. Right. Part of the team. Right. And so my tribe, my team at the time, like when I didn't go along with everything they wanted, they kind of like, I mean, I got death threats. Like, really? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like it was, it was like, it was, it was pretty bad. So I was happy to d- duck out and um, be done with that. And, but then I didn't know what I was going to do. Cause like my dad died. It was 20 October, 2016. And I mm-hmm. like lost my political career basically. And my right. dad, like all within three weeks. And mm-hmm. I was like, so I sat around and tried to figure it out for a while. And then I decided to go into real estate because I'd always want to do real estate. So I've been doing real estate for now since then. Wow. And you do that in the Lansing area? I do it. Actually, we work. I tell my clients I'll drive for cool people <laughs> because I work mostly by referral. Okay. And um, I have a network that's very broad. So we work mm. anywhere from the highest will go probably Saginaw. Okay. Um, although I did list a house like up by Mount Pleasant. <laughs> but, wow. it, you know, for a listing, I went up there twice and. Um, and then we've sold houses in Monroe all the way over. Um, I'm going to be listing a house in Jackson and a lot of Lansing work. So, okay. yeah. So what is that industry like right now? Because I know that like when I bought my house five years ago, like I told you, it was, yeah. the market seemed normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, <coughs> it seems super inflated. Would you agree with that? So it's a little bit weird. It, it is because there's an inventory shortage. Um, and we don't really know what's going to happen. You know, there's only been two times in American history where a housing crash has 
coincided with an economy crash and we just happened to have lived through one right so mm-hmm. millennials were super gun shy about buying houses and it's taken a long time for them to start to feel comfortable with doing that and yeah. then at the same time we have baby boomers wanting to downsize and compete for those same starter home ranches that the millennials are trying to buy into wow and they're never not thought about that yeah and they're not building as many new homes because there's so many regulations that the profit margins aren't there so that's why you're seeing so many townhomes row houses things like that pop up because they can't the profit margins aren't there to build those little 1950s you know right, houses right. um so i think i think that we're headed towards a situation where it's going to be like canada where there's like this this the ceiling is coming up on all the housing prices okay and it'll cost like you know the housing you won't be able to buy houses for under a certain amount they just won't exist that kind of seems like that's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And I, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine at work because he just got his realtor's license and he was like, it's not going to crash because there's a lack of houses right mm-hmm. now. There's not. I'm- well, and I think the only thing that could happen um, and it's going to, there's a couple of different dynamics. So um, number one, I think there was a time when it was really beneficial to have a um, tra- assumable mortgage. Which means like if as long as I like if, if you had a VA mortgage at like three mm-hmm. percent, as long as I was eligible for a VA mortgage at three percent, I could assume your mortgage and keep that three percent interest rate. So those mm-hmm. are the kinds of things that I'd be telling my buyers, like, listen, get an FHA or a VA mortgage that's assumable if you can, because that's gonna make your if it is a buyer's market, then that's gonna make those buyers want your house, right? Right. right. If the interest rates go up. So, um, and then I've listened to people who um, are talking about how if interest rates go up, purchase power goes down. So um, that could affect housing prices, but I don't know if any of that's, none of that's going to be like catastrophic enough to tip it over like, like what we went through in in the crash. Right. right. There's a natural ebb and flow. Yeah. Usually it's every seven years when the Fed isn't manipulating the money system. Yeah. There's a a natural seven year flow, but the Feds have been all messing with everything for so long now. Right. It's kind of artificial. Yeah. So anybody who thinks they know exactly what's going to happen, they don't. <laughs> Including it, me. So I think it's kind of concerning, though, because like somebody who has a like a decent job like myself, um, it's difficult to afford to buy a house, like especially mm-hmm. for a family. I yeah, mean, you, for sure. Even like a starter home is a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, and wages, like if you look at inflation, you know, inflation's a, a legitimate issue because we've been printing money and living kind of high off the hog for a long time yeah. in, in our country. And that's going to come back to bite us. And there's nothing we can do about that. It is what it is, right? That's a natural consequence. But um, inflation, wage inflation has absolutely not caught up with or stayed current mm-hmm. with inflation for products and services and houses. It just hasn't. Right. So that's why you have to have two parents working Yeah, because the wages have not kept up. So. Yeah. Um, I think we will see like more multi-generational families potentially. I think things that are coming in the future, we're going to have a population shortage. Think so? I do. I think what do you think is going to cause that? In 50 years. Um, the N- fact that like the Gen Z's don't want to have kids. Mm. That millennial, we're not even replacing people in America right now. We're not replacing people. We're not, we're having less children than are that currently is, in the country. That is true. And so if that continues, you know, people are like, oh, all these other countries offer all these benefits. Yeah, because they don't have any babies. Right. Like they're trying to bribe their citizens to have babies. We'll give yeah. you so much time off, right? Right. And yep. I never really thought about it that way until I read something about the population shortage that's coming in America. And we are going to have an interesting situation because we have this big social security system that's built like an upside down pyramid. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like very top heavy. 
and it's the point's getting finer. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be interesting, but home ownership, um, statistically over time, home ownership has always been something that leads you to be wealthier because of all the things it takes to own a home, yeah. the frame of mind that you're in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, when you own a home, you want to, you want to put equity into it. You do. You want to make it nicer. And you want to be able to qualify. So if right. you qualify for home, you're probably going to have the rest of your life a little bit in order as well. At Hopefully. least for a minute. <laughs> at least well, until you get closed, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but I think it'll be interesting. But, you know, I really like, we love serving our families. Like, we serve families all across the area. Like I said, I have a team. We work mostly by referral. We try to give a concierge experience. Mm. We give free staging. We always use wow. professional pictures, which makes me crazy because Lansing – <laughs> does not and i would even if it was a hundred thousand dollar house i'm sending out my photographer really or, oh 100 percent. like i don't think there's any excuse not to so i hate the pictures that i look at the mls and i'm like dude come on <laughs> cost like a hundred bucks send your professional <laughs> photographer out you know um so we we try to give really high level service yeah and um yeah and i like it you know what i mean but this um this is more like my creative passion okay and uh so it gives my brain somewhere to go and, yeah. and when it spins off. I imagine having to be involved in some of the careers that you've had, you've, you've had to find a hobby to kind of, um, you know, like, like, uh, I don't know, like channel, channel your, your energy mm -hmm. and everything going on. <clears throat> that's a good way to escape, right? Reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm super high energy. So <laughs> when I was building my team in 2019, like we went into 2020 with five agents and two admins and I was, wow. it, we had, had, I bought the URL, we had the branding, we had all the systems in place and then 2020 happened. Um, but I was driving my staff crazy because I was like all in. And I have all these ideas all the time about how to serve the community because we do a lot of community outreach and mm. events for our clients and things like that. We're doing a free movie of Hop, like on the 16th. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. I've seen you post something about yeah, that. Yeah, and we I just sent it out to the foster parent closet because we do a lot with them. Oh, okay. So they can invite the foster and adoptive families in Lemmings County to come out for free. Cool. And um, we love to serve. So, but I was driving my, my like, <laughs> like when the pandemic happened, I'm like, let's do a food drive for gleaners. Not only that, let's do a parade through this, to, through this big subdivision and let's buy blow up costumes. <laughs> so I bought like 15 blow up costumes and we all like went and did this big thing because <laughs> Wendy had this idea. So, um, it's beneficial to everybody in my life <laughs> if I have another outlet to dump all that creativity into. Yeah, so. absolutely. Now, when did that creativity take place? Have you always written? What? When did that start? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have always written things. However, for so long, I was trying to be serious, and I um, was writing all this nonfiction. Okay. Because um, I taught communication. I did training. I traveled across the country and did training to military families about communication. And they're like, Where, where's your book? Where's your book? So I would sit down and try to write this book. But with nonfiction, like, as soon as you write a nonfiction book – and it does anything, you're, that's you. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, do I want to be defined by something? You know what I mean? Like, right. not that I'm above it. I just don't want to be limited. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, like you said, you had to go back and re-edit that book. Yeah. So, so um, imagine what you would want. This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new house plants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. 
Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth. If it was your story. Yeah. Well, and even like just a communication book. It's like, oh, right. you know, because I, I started one that was like, you know, um, every campaign needs a mom. I was going to write about like the value of having like older women on the campaign mm. and what they think of like bug spray and band-aids and things like that <laughs> um, for your volunteers, you know. And I was and I was going to write something about like um, confessions of a failed superwoman, you know, about how women are trying to do it all. And we were never meant to, we were meant to really have a village, right. a community of neighbors and extended family. We don't have that. We don't see our cousins anymore. Yeah. And actually like in the summer of 2019, I actually did start writing it. That was my last book I was going to try to write. And it was called Longing for a Zombie Apocalypse. Mm, that and sounds, it, that sounds like you were calling a, a pandemic on. Yeah. And it was, it was, a, <laughs> well, it, it was about the need, like our lack of connection with our neighbors our lack of connection with family, our lack of um, the ROI wasn't there, right? Because mm. we didn't need each other anymore. Yeah, and so we were just so isolated. Um, and there was just some other issues that I like talked about in the book, but it was um, it was pretty fascinating. And then in the pandemic, I didn't get to finish it. Cause I'm like, oh, never mind. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> that's so one, that's one thing about the pandemic. Like I know for me, um, I work at General Motors, and mm -hmm. so does my wife. Uh, we're we worked before the pandemic, like so much overtime consistently it was like you know six six days a week yeah because nine, part of your salary yeah your lifestyle nine to ten you know hours a day and it's just like it was non-stop over and over and over again it just yeah. seemed like life was so fast-paced and you can never just keep up with it right and then the pandemic happened and it's like everything slowed down i, I felt like it was so important yeah and i do too i think we were going off a cliff i i, I agree it seemed like we were going there <laughs> quick we were and and it was like speeding up and it's like you know, how many people, how many generations in this world have ever gotten the opportunity to just stop? Yeah. And then choose, you know, and unfortunately it didn't always bring out the best in people because people were all freaking out and scared yeah. and trying to control things they couldn't control. And, um, but I mean, we got a chance to just kind of think for yeah. a second, you yeah. know? A lot of people took that time. Like, okay, do I want to work the job I'm working? Do I right. want to quit? Do I want to start yeah. a new hobby? Uh, you know, like, do I, I want to be here? Like, right. Do I working remote? You know, my husband now works from home. Wow. Um, and so people are moving to be near family. They're moving because they want to. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're moving not for the, to move closer to the job necessarily, but they're moving to be closer to other things, people, locations, yeah. Yeah. and the job just goes with them. Yeah. Which is really cool. It is cool. So, um, but in 2020, 2021, in January, 2021, I, um, we, our family, like, <laughs> limped across the finish line of 2020. <laughs> like I have four kids and like two of them were really struggling. And, um, and it was, it was very tough fall of 2020. Um, so we got into 2021 and I was just like, oh, like real estate was a little slow. And I'm like, cause we were so busy in 2020 selling houses. No, I'm yeah. crazy. I'm like, I just put in earphones and I was teaching myself how to oil paint, which I'm extremely mediocre at, <laughs> but I bought all the oil paint they had apparently at Michael's and was, and then I was listening to books and um, all these epic fantasies that I love to listen to. I don't write fantasy because that's really a commitment that mm. I don't want to make. Yeah. But um, uh, I was listening to all these books, and I was just like, man. And then I started getting these scenes in my head, and I was like, oh, oh. And, like, one of the first scenes I got in my head that was really good and, like, solid, like I just visualize it, was actually I'm writing a book called the Adventures of Sally and Pearl. And that's the name of my grandma, my great grandma. Mm. And it's about these old ladies who go down and, and end up breaking up a drug cartel in Mexico. 
Wow. But um, the very, and it's like the Flamingo Singles who are like um, <laughs> a, like a, a cover for this drug cartel, uh, drug mule, you know, old ladies who do carry-ons and don't get checked. Um, That's a really good idea for a book. Yeah, it's really going to be fun. Like they're going to have, <laughs> it, it's so fun. They do like a, she punches a pelican. They do all these high speed chases. <laughs> and um, But the first scene I had was actually a little bit weird because my humor was a little dark, but I, it's in there. And it's um, Sally, whose husband Harold was kind of a jerk. And she's sitting there in the funeral and she's like, I, I don't know how this popped into my head. It just did. And she's like talking to the funeral director and she's like, Harold's been a side sleeper his entire life and he needs to be a side sleeper in the casket. And she's like, <laughs> he won't fit. And, and then like the very first you know iteration, he, she's like, I don't, you need to make it happen. And he's like, we would have to break his shoulders. And she's like, oh I'm gosh. fine with that. And like, it was like, and she's a good wife, you know? And it was like this, I'm like, <laughs> but then like the idea of like this woman, like trying to like take back her life and trying to like, then has this quirky, you know, best friend and, and, um, this new chapter in her life. Right. So, but I, oh, I actually, um, so that was like a scene and I would just write stuff down as I came up with these scenes. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure where they were going to go and I move them around. But this book um, was really fun. It was, um, it's, it's about love. And I, you know, the, the three books they have that I'm writing, I have two that are written, ones I'm redoing and one I'm writing. Um, they have mythology in them, okay. which I love, yeah. like having some modern mythology. Yeah. And this one's really about love, whether it's a choice, whether it's just, you know, what if Cuba gets it wrong? Yeah. You know, is it a choice? Is it like fate? Is it destiny? Um, I wanted humor. You know what I mean? Like, and what's funny is that like, um, I have some pretty conservative friends who are like go to church and stuff. And the other covers were much darker and more dangerous <laughs> than this one. But, um, I think it's because my friends who were reading it were like super conservative Christian girls. They're like, oh, this is dangerous. But then I was listening <laughs> to some other books and I'm like, look at the cover going, no, it's not. Like, that, was, that doesn't, that's not right at all. Like, that looks like we're burning Chicago down. This is just like a little danger. But like, you know what I mean? And it's, um, yeah. And so it, it's been, it's been really fun. And I got to research some different stuff. So for my little ADD brain, it was like awesome. Like, there's some stuff in here about different technology that really exists that they can use flashing lights to change the neurons in your brain. Okay. That's real. Yeah, that's real. It's real. Yeah. And they yeah. like, it's like, yeah, I, I know exactly what's yes. it called. It's, it's uh, ERMD or something like that. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it, it's a real technology that gets used here. So, oh. um, and like the second book, Hera's Revenge is actually set in Brighton and, um, it has something in it called synesthesia. Synesthesia is real. It's, um, where you can taste words or see music Really? Um, or your letters have colors all the time. It's like where your senses get crossed and it's a legitimate condition that people have. But in that particular book, it's a leftover power from the gods. Mm. And so it's kind of cool. Like, and I, but I got to research that is cool. so many things like, and I took all this history, like in the second, like in Harold's revenge, I pulled in all this history and kind of rewrote it. Like what really happened, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's, it's good for my brain. Like I said, to jump down these rabbit holes and I didn't know much about mythology even. Yeah, I was going to say, where did you learn about mythology? Google. Like, I don't know where <laughs> we learn about anything, right? I mean, YouTube and Google. Yeah. You know, whatever popped up, I'm like, oh, I wonder what this, oh, you know. Yeah. Wow. So when you're writing a book like this, what's your process? I mean, you said you were obviously painting one day and you kind of got some ideas and mm -hmm. whatnot. And then you write things down and you kind of move it around. Mm -hmm. 
Where, so what I did, I actually had to learn how to do this. I had to learn how to write a book. Yeah. How and do you learn that? So other uh, than Google. <laughs> well, pretty much Google Podcasts and YouTube. Okay. I mean, I literally just went out there and, and I bought a book called Save the Cat Writes a Novel, which is an amazing book that kind of lays out the twenty seven plot point structure. I got one of those little big pieces of sticky paper, mm. divided it into nine sections, you know, th and and stick in little um post it notes. And uh, started to figure it out, like figure out what would work, what didn't work. Um, looked at personality stuff for the characters. Um, and, you know, would just start to fill it in as I went in terms of like what might happen. Yeah. And some of it you just have to decide. Like you're in there, you're like, oh, oh, okay. All right. So I guess that doesn't make sense for my character. Like your characters kind of like declare anarchy and don't do things that you thought they were going to do. They go mm. do that because it doesn't make sense. Right. You know, for your character, it has your your character has to be natural, and they have to like it doesn't have to make sense. So, um, yeah. So I usually start with a few scenes um, that I like. Mm -hmm. I don't write linear like in linear order. Right. I write scenes as I think about something because I you know I can visualize it and then write it. Yeah. I did a lot of talk to text. That's um, a really good idea. Yep, for sure. As long as it's like understands you, which mine does not. <laughs> it seems I'm speaking another language, so it's very rough. But I have like a couple like diction. I have a couple different things on here. I paid my kid to transcribe some stuff. I did like just recordings and paid him to transcribe them because That's cool. I was trying to decide how to get the stuff out. Yeah. Because I could just talk through a scene. Yeah. And like, um, and it's very fun. Like even on the way over here, I was recording something and I was driving because I had this idea about a girl who like, it just again popped in my head. She, um, about a girl who's like 17 and she, you know, um, goes and has these glossy pictures of herself that she signs and she goes and puts them up all over, like wherever there's a row of glossy pictures, she just has this obsession with leaving her mark and putting these glossy pictures up wherever they have those. So her pictures everywhere. So, um, all across the country. Wow. So, and it's weird. I don't know what that'll turn into, yeah. but I just, when I think about it, I just record it. But it's something you can pull it. from your arsenal. Yes. Yeah. And I use a program called Reedsy. Okay. R e r e e d s y. Reedsy is a free online service where you can um, it, you can download and back it up too, but you can sort everything by chapter and move mm. things around. And so I can go in and I know the twenty seven plot point structures. So my titles start off as like what plot point that is. You know what I mean? And kind yeah. of like reminds me what's happening. Right, right. And everybody's processed a little differently. I usually will go through and have the sticky notes because if I don't see it, I can't it um i'll usually go through and i'll work through the first two-thirds of the book um and you know you get halfway through and it's like the midpoint flip you know where yeah. something has to happen where you find out wait a minute you yeah know? and um like with sally and pearl it's a dead body shows up right that's the flip um i usually don't know what's going to happen in that last section until i work through some of it like to see i yeah. don't know yeah you know and then i'll just continue to fill it in as we go so, and then at the end, I have to kind of pull the threads through and make sure there's not, you know, hanging chads, you know, right, missing little right. links over here. So to pull things through and that's usually like adding a line here, you know, doing something there that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's kind of my process. What has the feedback been like for, for your books? So uh, it's other it, than the Christian people who well, were like, that looks edgy. Well, no, they liked it. They just thought the cover was like, yeah, that represents it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, yeah, read some Sarah J. Moss. Um, I think so. It's been when you're doing publishing, like indie publishing, um, you have to learn how to do all of that, like Amazon keywords and where to get a cover. Like I went on um, 99 Design mm. 
And I paid for these covers twice because I wanted to get oh, it right. Yeah. But I had them, I had like a hundred covers des- designed for this book wow. submitted for me to choose from and then work with those designers to get what I wanted. And I loved, this girl doesn't even do book covers typically, but I loved this art. I, I thought it was fun, contemporary, yeah. kind of spoke to, you know, we need to talk about your aim. I love mm. that. So uh, writing blurbs, you know, all of it, learning how to go to ISBN and get your, the number on the back. We have to go get those and buy those. Really? Yes. Wow. And um, so there's so an audio book I paid for. This is on audio. I was going to ask you. It's on Audible. Yeah. So did you read it? I did not. Oh. I don't have time for that. Like I hired somebody. <laughs> I hired somebody actually from the UP. Oh wow. Like my who uh, my cousin knew. So I'm like, oh, all right, cool. So um, yeah. So there's such a learning process, right? Yeah. And um. I've been learning as I go. And so my friends read it. They loved it, of course, because, you know, they're my friends. But then there were some people who read it that aren't my friends, and they loved it too. And it's um, it's not for everybody. It's not like some, I'm going to change. You know, people right now, like, seem to want books that are going to change your life. Yeah, self-help books. It's not going to change your life. <laughs> but it is a really fun escape. It's a fast yeah. reset in Chicago. It's great, you know. Yeah. Um, and Hera's Revenge is the same way. Um, so there's three books in this series that I'll be doing for sure. Hair's Revenge as soon as I get the new cover, which is already done. I just need to get it uploaded. And then the third one is called um, Dethroning Dionysus. And that one's set in New York, and it's about a young influencer. Mm. And Dionysus was the god of, um, like, wine, but he had cults. Like, but so here's here's some things that you find when you're writing. So in Dionysus, Dethroning Dionysus, um, I was going to have a club that he had and I was going to call it the Hellfire Club because there was actually Hellfire Clubs in England that were in honor of him kind of. They were kind of culty, like little secret Illuminati stuff going on huh. in England throughout the years. Um, there's been a lot of cults throughout the years in honor of Dionysus. So, um, But I was going to do Hellfire Club because that was what they were called and I thought, that's awesome, right? So I go and I'm looking in New York doing some research about locations and things like that. Cause you have to do that. You know, right, I, right. I went so far as to call somebody at U of M for Harris revenge. Cause I needed a room in a science building. I needed to know like what the room numbers are. Wow. How would I know? Right. I mean, I was trying to figure it out and I just had to call somebody. Um, but, <clears throat> um, hellfire club. When I Googled hellfire club, New York, it came up as a very popular club in the seventies. That was a, um, very risque, I'll throw out the term, glory hole <laughs> club, gay club in New York. And I'm like, well, we're probably not going to use that, right? So I had to <laughs> change the name because you just kind of find that stuff out and learn as you go. Um, but those three are um, really fun. And so the first one's about love. The second one's about forgiveness. And the third one's kind of about like your authenticity. Because mm. I want to have like a, you know, kind of a good underlying theme yeah um my other one sally and pearl that's really gonna be fun like those girls are gonna save christmas they're going on a cruise like <laughs> i got plans for those ladies right um and it's gonna be golden girls meets thelma and louise you know it's gonna right. be fun um and then the third book that i actually wrote the entire first draft of last year and i'm just editing it is called standing water and that cover's done too it's so cool and um it is about a girl it's about a small town in michigan um, it's kind of post-apocalyptic because one of the things I always wanted to write, if I was going to write fiction, was what happened after the apocalypse, like at the end of Hunger Games. Mm, they kind of show yeah. you like a little bit, yeah. but I want to know like, what's it really like, right? At the end of that, when it all kind of yeah. settles down. So this is about that. 
it's about kind of um, things are kind of a hot mess, but they're kind of back together. And this little town um, has a lake and a river and a dam. And um, the government has uh, all the, the grid has gone up and down so many times that it's fried all the water purification systems. So you're not actually allowed to have your own personal water purification system. Um, and there's huge water shortages throughout the country. And the state doesn't have any money because, you know, so so addressing things like the availability of cars, like the um, idea that there's not the supply chain. It's kind of broken down because there's been a war and all this stuff. And um, so they're using Are all you this. explaining 2023? I know. I hope not. <laughs> I was reading I'm like, I hope this isn't prophetic. But um, they, like, empty out all the, because um, people have died, but they empty out all of the um, storage units. And literally, like, that becomes our big box stores. Wow. It's just all resale stores because we have so much junk laying around. Right. That we have enough stuff for years. Right. We just have to use what we have. So, um, that but, is so creative. Yeah, it's it's it was really fun to think about. Like, okay, so they don't have cell phones, that, but their landlines work because landlines would work even if an mm, EMP came. Yeah. Um, they have some cars, but they don't have a lot. You know, roads are sort of maintained, but the parking lots are all dust. Like the high school has a big willow tree growing in the middle of the fifty yard line because <laughs> nobody goes to school anymore. You know, like that. So right. it's all very fascinating. And her mother works for the government as a senator for the state government. And she um, is like, she would be in New York, but she's home. She's working at the little red owl store in her small town. Anyway, the government, there's, there, they, there's a problem because the government comes in and they're starting to take the water from small towns like theirs. They've targeted them um, to sell and distribute throughout the country. And they say it's for the water shortage, but they really just want the money so that it's kind of like, there's like some liberty issues, but environmental issues. And so it kind of threads that needle where everybody are, will be happy and there's romance and, you know, enemies and lovers kind of stuff. Not really lovers, but it's a YA. But, um, yeah, but I really like it. And, I, and it's taking me longer because I'm making it like about the mothers, the mother and the daughter dual track because they don't know what the other's doing. They don't mm. know, like, they don't understand each other. They don't, mm. And they don't know what the other's doing. They just know that like something happened in their home and all of a sudden everything got disrupted and they're trying to figure out how to deal with that and how they kind of find that bridge back together at the end. It's cool. That is cool. What, what was that book called? It's going to be called Standing Water. Standing Water. Mm -hmm. That sounds really interesting. It sounds like a good movie. Yeah. So the cool thing about like the way that I write is, but I think is I write cinematically like I and I only know that because I, I listen to podcasts still yeah all the time yeah and they were just talking about that about about one of the authors that was um what did she write the girl who wrote Gone Girl actually was doing an inner doing a, a podcast and she was being interviewed and she said she used to be a film critic and she grew up with a, a film producer family wow and so when she writes books she visualizes them and I'm like that's what I do too like I will I write for this to be turned into a a movie. a movie easily like do you have plans for that i don't have <laughs> <laughs> you seem like somebody who's like like always constantly thinking about how to take it to the next level yeah so my strategy is in publishing right now um the gatekeepers in publishing it that that's all changed so it used to be you had to go out and find an agent the right. agent would shop your book around um now you can just publish um straight to Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble or, mm -hmm. um, and Kindle or whatever. Um, I want my books to be as solid as they can be. 
And I know like they always say that your first book's the worst book you're going to write. But I'm like, but I, I don't want people to like read it. That's why I rewrote it and fixed the cover. Cause I knew I'm like, I'm not going to go back and revisit it again, but I got to at least like give it one more, <laughs> more, more, you know, that's why I'm doing it with Harris. Cause by the time I get those three done, I want all three of them to be good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but the trick to being an indie, indie author is really having a backlist and there's a whole, there's a whole industry. It's crazy. Like there are women who write, um, smutty romance and they're churning out books like that and they're making bank. Really? Yeah. Cause all these girls are sitting around on their Kindle unlimited reading smutty romance. Um, I know. And, um, <laughs> and I don't want to write smutty romance. Um, my, mine is a little spicy. I like the, like the lead up little drunk dancing. Right. Right. Little steam. A little tease. Yes. But yeah. not like the whole, like, picture um, not the whole uh 50 no. shades of gray the thing fade the black. yeah <laughs> so um but uh there's like a whole program where it's like 20 books to 50k right um so if you get but you got to get a backlist and and what's happening right now is um if you go traditionally published you think you'd become like this rich and famous person but you don't because mm -hmm. they only really advertise your book the first month and now they're going to be expecting mm -hmm. you to advertise your own books well why would you give them almost right. all the money right you have to advertise it anyway right and do yeah. all the same things that i had to do yeah. but i um and i'm really busy with real estate and my kids and stuff so i'm trying to figure out how to like i want to just i want to build my backlist as quickly as i can and so i haven't done a ton of this is like the first time i've come on and talked to somebody about my just my book really yeah because i want to have that backlist right yeah um like so i talked to somebody who does publicity stuff so i'm thinking like in the fall once i have all three of these books done. Um, all three of these books done. And then hopefully my Sally and Pearl book done. Uh, do like a book tour. Because then awesome. you'll have all three. And then you'll be able to, you know what I mean? Like right. start to build that. So right. um, I'm kind of like undercover, just learning the craft. Right. Yeah. And and, um, and paying for my um, <laughs> learning you know what I mean? Because yeah. I you pay for covers and editing, making mistakes. It can't be that. cheap, right? So to, to create a book, um, you know what? To create a, you can do it for um free, but it might suck. You yeah. Know? Like I mean, I wanted a really good cover, so I paid probably four hundred dollars for this cover. Wow. But I own it. I can use it, and um, and it's custom. You can go on and get pre-made covers for 125. Okay. But you and in really the covers depend on the genre. Mm. Like in the smutty romance, you just need a hot guy on the cover. <laughs> so you get some clip art, throw a hot guy on the cover. Right. But I right. wanted something that was not that. Yeah. And I walked in, I'd go into the bookstore and I love to read and I'd look at what the other covers too didn't fit on the romance table. Like I put them on there and I'm like, well, that doesn't fit. But this mm, kind of does. And yeah. it says it's not totally romance, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it seems soft. Yeah. You know, like it's not, you're not reading like a pornographic no, <laughs> book. It's just kind of fun, a little suspense. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I really wanted it to, um, so you have to know your genre and I didn't even know what genres were. I was like, I don't know what genre my book is. I'm just writing something. Yeah. So you have to learn all of that. And really like I've spent the last year getting a master's in fine arts, you know? So, and I made the mistake of paying for an editor who sucked <laughs> and um, like should have caught stuff for this book. And uh, didn't. Oh my god! And you just don't know, though, yeah, right? Like yeah. in. Um, so do you edit everything then? Do I personally edit it? Yeah. Or so do you, do you at, have somebody? At else first, it, it was a hot mess because I did all talk to text, and it was just like, like I dumped <laughs> it in, and I'm like, and I'm not, I don't like going back over details, so I'm like, Meh. um, the Sally and Pearl book that I'm writing now, I'm actually like, doing a little bit better with with filling it out and getting it right. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, as I go. 
so I don't have such a like an overwhelming like hot mess right of, of trying to like decipher what the heck I was talking about <coughs> um so I have I have um an editor my mom does proofread I pay her to proofread because she's like <laughs> but um there's three different kinds of editing there's line editing there's content editing and there's proofreading um so i've had i have beta readers who will read through and kind of tell me hey you know this doesn't make sense there's a gap here you missed something mm. uh but um yeah i definitely have other people read it because i'll miss stuff now somebody who is as busy as you are <laughs> with working all the time and and obviously have a, a hobby that takes a lot of time yeah um i i know from experience because I, I do the podcast and that takes a lot of my time yes how do you manage your time with writing and um you, you okay over there yeah i have a cold sorry oh, okay. it's not covid i've been tested like <laughs> you're, times. you're good it's just a cold um no you're fine um how do you manage your time how, how do you do you like set aside time every day to sit down and write obviously you say you, <coughs> you uh talk in your phone while you're yeah. driving so I don't really manage my time well. <laughs> like that's the short <laughs> answer. Um, I don't. Like I was going on a big writing kick because real estate tends to ebb and flow. So I take advantage of it when it's slower. Yeah. But it's been so busy the last month. So I've been, I've resorted back to talk to text. Okay. So. Um. Now I know like with me, whenever I'm doing a, whenever I'm not working and I'm home or whatever. Sorry, I'm going to step over here just for a second and cough. Okay. Okay. You're good. Go ahead. You keep talking. I know like for me, whenever, um, whenever I'm, uh, not at work and I'm, I'm home and I'm not doing podcast stuff, I feel guilty because I'm like, I, I should be doing something to, to better the podcast or to edit or whatever it is. Do you get that when you're not writing? <laughs> I do. Um, sorry, I have such a. <laughs> You're okay. Gosh. Um, I do. You don't have to get up next time. Just swing the mic away when. Swing it that way. Yeah. <coughs> Goodness. <laughs> I should have taken my cold medicine before I came. Um, yes. There's always something to be doing, but it doesn't always need to be writing. Mm. so I'll put on a podcast. It's all about perfecting your craft, right? Yeah. So, and it's the same thing with this and with this because listening to other podcasts, learning how to do interviews, guests, set up, all that adds value yeah. to your product. So, um, and I read too. Like, do you listen to podcasts too? All the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every day, all day. <laughs> So I read all the time because I learn from other authors and like just the way they describe things. Yeah. And it's so cool. And the patterns, like um, I sat the other day, yesterday, and I just listened to previews of books on Audible. Because you can listen to the preview. Yeah. And I was just listening to how they did, how they did the, the tempo of the book, like how they use sentence structure and language especially like to, to, to suck you in mm. because really with books now you have to have a hook yeah. for your book. Yeah. Same thing with like, I mean, marketing, we have like a three second memory. Yeah. So, um, you have to have a hook and you have to understand what that hook is and be able to sell it to people. Right. Yeah. And at first, like I was like, Oh, well it's about this girl named Callie and she, 
I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to right. tell you what it was about. Right. So, um, but I do always feel like I want to be doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I do. I love it. And it's, um, I want to get like it done so I can have this backlist and there's just no way to do it fast. Yeah. It takes time. It does. I mean, some women will sit and they crank out these books, um, like really fast. Like they'll write a book a month or something. But, but when you find out when you, when you get down to the brass tacks, they're not designing, they're not having a custom cover. They're just going to find something and, and do it really quick. Um, they may not have it edited really, really well. Mm. <coughs> and it may be short. Yeah. Because there's also industry standards for length. Yeah. So. Um, That's one thing that, um, like with podcasting, I've had to learn like, you know, like exactly like what you had mentioned, you know, when you want to start something and you have no experience in that field, you have to research it like crazy. You have to listen yeah. to the pros, listen how other people do it. And, and you have to find what works for you also, because the way they do it might not work for you, but right. you got to like learn from how they do it to figure out what works and what doesn't. <laughs> and I love it's, that phase of building because you can get away with anything. You really can. Like you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even have anybody, you haven't been around long enough for someone to tell you that that's not the right way to do it. Right. And I didn't want to ask permission. It's not like I think I'm um, above like going traditional publishing. Yeah. I didn't feel like waiting around for someone to tell me that it was okay. Yeah. I wanted to just do it. And I knew that if I put it out there and I had to fix it later, I didn't care. Yeah. I'm just learning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, that's still more than what anybody else has done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, they say with podcasts, you have to do like a hundred episodes. Yeah. Just to figure out what the heck you're doing. Yeah. Which. I'm still why, figuring out what I'm doing. Yeah. That's why I don't do podcasts. Cause this is like a whole. <laughs> I think you thing. should do a podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe someday. You're really smart. And, Thank and you. you're, you're obviously really easy to talk to. And, uh, you have a lot of different backgrounds. You could. You could talk about so much. You I talk could. about you could talk about the real estate in, uh, industry. You could talk about could. the political realm. <sighs> yeah, it's <laughs> so, so exhausting. Fun. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's been really fun though. Like there, so just I think I and the other thing that is interesting about the book business right now is that they're doing print on demand. So like, if you order this off of Amazon, they just print it. They just print it and send it to you. And you can get it like the next day. Wow. It's crazy. That is crazy. I know. That's so insane. And um, so I have it on Audible, Kindle, and you can buy this. I don't do hard copies because I didn't, I tried to, but I didn't feel like messing with the cover. Who buys just, hard copies? Well, I don't know. People it, do. It used to be a thing. Well, it is still. Like, is it? Like there's like this whole um, bookstagram and book talk. Like I don't know if you're hmm. on TikTok at all. I am. So I have a good, pretty good TikTok following, which is weird because I don't really have a niche. <laughs> like <laughs> I literally don't. Like I've tried to make, I even tried to make a niche about a niche, but then I got distracted. So, um, but BookTok is like, they can make or break you. But I'm not going anywhere near BookTok until my until I have like my Sally and Pearl book in the back of my mind. Like I feel like that's the one that's going to be like this is practice, right? And these will right. be good and they'll be fun. Yeah. But that one, like, is, like, is so funny. Like, these girls, I mean, they're going to do tequila shots. Like, literally, you know, Pearl's out. She's, like, this shorter lady, and she's out feeding the fish, and this pelican comes down and tries to get one of the fish, and she just punches it. <laughs> you know? They get in a high-speed chase on a golf cart. Wow. Um, it's going to be so fun, and uh, I just think that it's there's such a, um, it's the right time for that book. Yeah. 
So especially coming out of a pandemic, like people need something to escape reality and to just forget about things and have a good laugh. Well, and yeah. all the and all the baby boomers are getting old. Like I'm not a baby. Mm. My kids call me boomer, but I'm Gen <laughs> X all the way, baby. But I just had a guy on the podcast the other day <laughs> with a friend. They're both coworkers. And uh, he's a younger guy, yeah. And he's making fun of the the older guy. He's yeah. calling him boomer and everything, but yeah, he's also a Gen X. Yeah, it's like so um, it's, it's a thing apparently. Well, we don't call. even exist. Like if you see the generational <laughs> things, they'll just boomer Skip millennial. Right over you. Yeah, like we don't even exist in like <laughs> at academia. But um, all those baby boomers are getting older, and the thing about baby boomers, and this is where like all the marketing and stuff like that that I've had to do throughout the years. The thing about baby boomers is they are all about self actualization. Like they don't, they're not going to retire. They're going to be taking cooking classes. That's why they're all cruising instead of like, I mean, I love cruises, like, but they're cruising instead of going to retire at home. That's why the villages is a wild (laughs) place, right? Because they're all self-actualizing. Right. So to give them something, and and it's funny to read about as even a young person, it's a very strange time because like there's this TikTok girl I just was watching where she's like, um, grandma's like, they're pretending to be grandmas. Like they're, they're idolizing like these Diane Keaton in these movies when they're older. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're wearing turtlenecks and you're acting like you're in Nantucket and (laughs) you're like old. All right. All right. But it's weird. Right. And then meanwhile, the old people are trying to act young. Right. So I could probably, I think it's, it might be a sweet spot. You know what I mean? It might be. It's like that 1500 square foot three, two ranch. (laughs) This book might be that. Swapping, swapping spots. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how many books did you say you're writing again? <clears throat> so I have two. Two, okay. And then I have three more. So I have Dionysus, Dethroning Dionysus. Okay. I have Standing Water, and I have Stallion Pearl. And I, I was looking at your website. You have one that I can't remember what it was called. It's something about God, right? So God's on Earth is a series. Okay. okay. Is this series? There'll be three of them. I originally was going to write okay. seven, but I kind of got bored. Um, I was, I might go back. We'll see how they do. Okay. Cause I really don't have even done any marketing or anything like that. So, cause I want to get them right first. Right. Yeah. I don't want to go out there and march around the world with something that needs work. Yeah. So, um, as soon as I get the three done and they're done solid, if they take off, I have more, like I have a, a few more that I want to write about. Um, but I'm going to wait and see. So, especially cause I love standing water. I'm super excited about that book and Sally and Pearl. So. We'll see. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And these are available on YouTube or not YouTube, Amazon, sorry. Yes. And uh, also on Amazon. I mean, on Audible, Kindle. Amazon, Kindle, Kindle. Unlimited. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, they can find, people can find you on TikTok. Yep. Okay. What's your TikTok? Right now it's Messy Michigan Mom. What do you talk about on TikTok? What do you do? Well, again, you don't have a niche, but I was really funny during the <laughs> pandemic because there's nothing else to do. Um, I have some like winner, winner. I, I, you know, my my most viral video <clears throat> was one that my husband and I made over Christmas because we got this wine holder thing mm. that we couldn't figure out how to use, and we got like 1.5 million views just on this wow. dumb little wine thing that we couldn't figure out how to use. I know I have, I think I have like, let me see how many followers I have. I have like, um, like, um, <clears throat> I'll tell you. Let me to do it without like making all this noise. But, okay. <laughs> so I have like almost 8,000 followers. Wow. With zero niche. Wow. So I, I'm just like. random stuff. Totally random. <laughs> like me working on my hot tub. Basically, if I'm being stupid, like trying to wax my legs the first time and it was a hot mess. Like trying to wallpaper and it looked terrible. So they tried to paint it and everyone was like ripping on me. 
trying to like dethaw our hot tub that our Coleman blow up hot tub or whatever the yeah. Antarctic blow up hot tub. Yep. Yeah, it was a block of ice, and I'm out there trying to <laughs> dump hot water on it, trying to anyway. That is funny. Yeah, I've never really got into like that. I guess that aspect of TikTok. I I guess what I do is I just take clips from the episodes and I, I'll post them on TikTok, yeah. and that's it. Like I don't really do anything. I don't really have a following on TikTok, but. Well, you know, it's good to have the presence there, though. And I yeah. think one thing with TikTok that's going to be interesting is I just saw last night that, because um, I couldn't sleep, but they, um, they're they in some kind of legal issue with music that as of like April, I don't know, I, I, I can't remember what it said, but something like um, April 22nd or something, they're going to pull down all the music off of TikTok. That's going to like, that's the whole uh, app. Yeah. So I think they're probably like, hopefully they'll fix it before then. I hope but so. I, I know because I'm like, mm, that's going to be like, <laughs> I don't do mostly music stuff, but I add it to the background. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do too. I, I edit and put music to it. Yeah. I did have an episode that was, ta- or not episode, uh, a video that was taken down for some reason with because it had music, but it's oh. the same music I always had. So that's I'm like, weird. yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, and I, I have Instagram. I have a good Facebook following. Okay. Instagram. I don't really understand how to use. Like I did some experiments and I didn't want to take pictures of myself anymore. Just take pictures of your books and I know, but people writing. are like, but you know what? The ones that got like the best views are stupid pictures of myself <laughs> with filters. You know what I mean? Where I look like, you know, people like seeing your face, I guess. I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> well, I read this thing like women over like, you know, 40. That's all they do is take pitch selfies. And I'm like, what? I don't want to be that girl. Really? But yeah. So then I started taking pictures of everything else besides myself. Nobody cared. I took pictures of myself. <laughs> oh, blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, well, that's why we're taking pictures of ourselves. Cause people like it. <laughs> Anyway, it's, it's been interesting. I mean, that you know, you know, with anything, there's like, you learn how to do the craft. You got to learn the technology. You got to mm-hmm. learn the systems. You got to yeah. learn how to market it. Yeah. There's just, it's, it's a whole, it's a good amount of learning. It's always, you're always learning too. That's one thing I find like for me with a podcast, I'm always constantly going to YouTube. Like, how can I grow my YouTube channel? How can I grow my TikTok following? How yeah. can I grow my Facebook? Like you literally have to learn how to operate every single platform at least for me mm-hmm. every single platform and then learn how to do the craft as well yeah i know it, it is such an but we live in such an entrepreneurial age we really do. like a decentralized age where yeah. you can go out and you can learn anything yeah i mean i wrote a book like i wrote a book in a year like i wrote two books in a year well actually three because i didn't finish i didn't get the other one published but i published two books in like a year wow. who does that like i didn't know and that's not because i'm special it's just you go out all the information's there yeah and, and it's interesting because, like, then you see, like, CMU, you know, um, their uh, enrollment rate's down 43%. I'm like, yeah, because I don't need to spend yeah. $70,000 to learn, to how, learn to how to be a, a writer yeah. and go listen to podcasts and write a book. Yeah. You really can get an education online. It's, I know. It's really insane. Like, I've learned how to do some, like, you, you commented on the front of the house. Um, all that stone I learned how to do myself. Yeah, I, I did that myself. Um, everything in the house, pretty much I've done myself. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My son is um, going to school for computer programming, but he even took like a class through Google or something to get like a certificate. Wow. That's going to help him get a job faster. I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can get marketing certificates through Google too, which is very interesting. It is interesting. And through Amazon. Wow. It's crazy. I know. It is crazy. So anyway, I'm just going to keep writing and that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So have, have you, uh, had a lot of people buy your book? <coughs> I've sold about 200, 300 copies. Well, that's, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I'm hoping that like, um, eventually 
I feel like I'm paying for my education. <laughs> but there are people who are making really good money doing this. Um, but you have to, and so the other thing that's interesting about the self-publishing market or the indie publishing is writing to market. So like, um, you know, you have a book you want to sell and, and a story you want to tell, or you can go and literally they have all the research out there for you. There's people that are putting it together. You can find out what's selling, what the top tropes are. And a trope is like a, a typical storyline, you know what mm. I mean? What the top elements are. Like if it's like a, you know, like a enemies to lovers romance okay. or like, you know, if it, it, do they want smut? You can find out what's selling and then just write your book to that and sneak in there. You know, they don't usually advise that because you might take so long to write your book that, that now they're onto something else. Right. Is it vampires? Is it right. whatever, right? Yeah. Um, dystopia was all the rage. And then it like it wasn't for a while. Yeah. And now it's starting to come back a little bit. Yeah. But if you can write fast and write to market, or if you have books that you can hold on to and then push back out, um, you can make really like good money. It's crazy. Have you is that something you've done? What? Um, re- book to market? Re- yeah, book to market. No. no. I'm, I haven't been doing it long you enough. Just, you but. just kind of do what you <coughs> want to write and then... Well, and you know what's funny is that I have... Um, the way that my brain works, like, I think my brain recognizes trends, mm, like, yeah. just naturally. And I'm on TikTok and I'm plugged into BookTok, so I'm paying attention to what they're doing and I'm reading all the stuff. So, and I do look at the keywords and I do look at, you know... But I'm like, there's certain things I don't want to write. Like, I don't want to write smut. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, and I have, like, the sixth sense that um, mythology is popular. Mythology is going to be continue to be popular. I think mythology has always kind of been popular. Well, not with, like, modern-day mythology. Like, that okay. mythology has, but if you look at mythology books, there's not that many. No. But there's been, like, a few that have done really well this last year. So, okay. in fiction. Okay. Um. Besides, like, Percy Jackson, right? Like, yeah. But, but I'm talking, like... I love those books. When I, know, I was everybody a kid, does, I read right? those. <laughs> so, but outside of that, there's not that many. I mean, um, and then I do think that, like, the Sally and Pearl... In fact, it's funny because I started writing notes down, and then I, like, was listening to a podcast where they were talking to an, um, like, an agent, and she's like, bring me something that's, like... And she just described Sally and Pearl, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to have it. I just got to write <laughs> finish writing it. So, you know... So what's your plans for that when you when you finish that? Are you going to try to market that pretty pretty heavily? Yeah. So um, I want to get all five of the books done. Yeah. And then... Um, You're going to do the book tour. Mm-hmm. And really, like, I'm just going to see, once they're all done and out there, then I can start to really, like, um, do the book tour. You know, I, I don't know yet. Like, I but, but I know that um, I think Sally and Pearl is going to be the one that, like, I put on, like... Um, I put like a chapter online um, on my Facebook page and everyone's like, I would read that. I absolutely, yes, 100%. And everybody I talk to, um, they're excited about it and they're interested in it. So, um, yeah. That's cool. So if you you know you're meeting a need, right? Yeah. If that's the the immediate response is, yes, please give it to me. Yeah. Then you know, because, you know, Sandy Water is like, Actually, people are like excited about that one too. Like, could just be my friend circle, but they're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah," you know. I, I mean, what you explained to me it sounds interesting. I would, I would read it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's going to be very interesting, and and um, I think it's just it was cool, like because they're not in survival mode necessarily, but it's this weird like some of the world's okay, some of the world's not okay, yeah. and um, what it actually looks like and feels like in your life, 
like the crock pot. Like they talk about how they they walks in and, and they smell the crock pot roast, right? Well, that's like an anomaly because when you know you can't if the electricity is going on and off, you can't count on a crock pot, right? So, right. Um, and they go shopping and how how that works, and um, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially coming like we said earlier, coming out of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it, everybody kind of thought everybody was going to die, so it would have been yeah, like an apocalyptic know. type know. type of event. Oh, I like so. I found out about COVID January twenty fourth. My son called me. We were on our way back from Mexico, and he called me and said, "Because I have a little bit of a prepper, like girl, and <laughs> it, it, a little bit Girl Scout." And he said, um, <laughs> "We're gonna have to pack up and go to Grandma's." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "There's this fire is coming." Because he always watches like youtube he's like in you know right and i'm like what are you talking about and so, start, so he starts telling me and i'm start looking and i'm like watching the stuff come out of china like and i yeah. found a couple news sources that were coming out of china and nope and everybody thought i was crazy <laughs> all of february they were rolling their eyes laughing at me i'm like buying masks and i'm watching <laughs> contagion looking for like you know <laughs> looking for hints and tips about what i should yeah. have in my house i'm i'm buying like pulse oximeters extra ones wow well, because there was like a lady who owns a, um, she's a realtor, but she owns an advanced medical equipment thing. And they were, um, they didn't have N95 masks because they never had needed them. Yeah. And then you couldn't get them. Right. And I remember early February going to um, CVS saying, do you guys have any surgical masks? I was just curious. They're like, no. And in fact, oh. all the warehouse, they're not, they're not making anymore. The, the, the factories are shut down and the warehouse has been emptied and re-diverted back to China. There's what? nothing. And we won't have them anytime for the foreseeable future. And I was like. I felt like I was watching like stuff unfold when nobody else was paying attention. Yeah. And they like literally, and I was, I got a sewing machine <laughs> fabric. I'm like watching these videos from, from Asia, watching how to make, 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 you know, make I'm masks. Try, yeah, make masks <laughs> with different filters. I'm trying to figure it all out at home. And everyone's like, you're crazy, you know? And, um, you, you could have sold those masks. Yeah. So actually what I did is I just gave them away. Oh, cool. um, but, I, but for real estate, like it was a really good outreach. Yeah. I did look like a drug dealer though, because if you <laughs> came out my back, Mike, I had this railing and I had bags of, you know, I like masks, like <laughs> clipped to the thing. People were coming in and out constantly grabbing them. Wow. And, um, yeah, so it's been an interesting thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. it's interesting. So hopefully Sandy water is not prophetic, but I think in some ways it is because there is going to be a water shortage and Michigan is going to be at the center of that because we have the large, largest amount of yeah. fresh water in the country. So buckle up. It's a good buckle place up. to live. Yeah. Wonderful place. Totally. Yeah. Lots of lakes. <laughs> well, is there anything else you want to, you want to talk about? Mention no, on the podcast? No. So they can go to like readwendyday.com. Okay. And uh, brickandbeam.com is our real estate site. We okay. do serve Lancy. And again, um, we help people, you know, um, we will get you the house you want and work with you to do that. And then we can also get you top dollar for your house. So, um, or they can go buy my book and read it. Yeah. It'll be fun. Definitely buy the book and read it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I'll put all the links in the show notes and cool. whatnot. So, okay. Um, yeah, just go there. Uh, I'm glad you didn't die on the podcast. That would have been bad. You know, it's like, so like, it's weird. Cause like you would think I had pneumonia or something and it's like just my stupid upper airway. It's, like, it's so dumb. And then I'm like, I look like I'm choking to death. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just give me a minute. All right, Wendy, thank you for doing yeah, this. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks. Yep.